This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for Tuesday, June 27th. The weather forecast for today looks like more cloud. There is a chance of some showers this morning and then probably a rainy afternoon. A high today of 24 degrees. Number one, Olivia Chow has been elected mayor of Toronto. Number two, a parcel of also runs includes a dog and a former city councillor, Giorgio Mammoliti. Number three, David Johnston handing in his final report and goes home. Number four, Vladimir Putin lashing out at rebels. And number five, Toronto falls in love with a new raptor. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 5.08 on a Tuesday morning. And if you went to bed early, then maybe this is news to you. If not, then it's just a reminder of uh, everything that unfolded last night. What a fascinating evening it was, because for a brief period of time, I was actually on with Jim Richards and company here on News Talk 1010. And Anna Bailao was leading by a very significant amount. I thought, okay, I guess this is the upset of whatever. Um, The pollsters were wrong, blah, blah. No. Then Olivia Chow pulled ahead. And Olivia Chow is the elected mayor of Toronto. And while I've been knocked down a few times over the years, just like you, I always got back up. And yeah, Olivia Chow has had quite the trajectory. Um, There's an interesting profile today, not really much that we didn't know about her previously, but you have to consider. I mean, Olivia Chow has been a school trustee, a city councillor. She's been an MP. She was defeated in 2014 in an election that she was supposed to win. And then I'm, I'm still of the mind, and, you know, I can be disavowed of this impression, but I still think there were two candidates, one on the right, one on the left, who were more or less forced into this election. I don't think that Mark Saunders really wanted to run. I think that the Conservative Brain Trust of Toronto said, you're our guy. You're the candidate we can, we can muster enough uh, resources to elect and didn't quite work out. I also think Olivia Chow, victorious though she may be, and now she's got three years to prove herself, and I imagine she has to run for re-election. Um, but I also think that Olivia Chow was the leftist brain trust in the city of Toronto, where they went to her and said, OK, you're the one. You're the candidate. You're the person we're going to run. Uh, we got the pollsters. We got the money. We got the um, staffers. And we'll figure the rest of this out later. Thank you, Toronto. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Wow, what a night. <laughs> if you ever doubted what's possible together, if you, if you ever questioned your faith in a better future, and what we can do with each other, for each other, tonight is your answer. Olivia Chow is making the rounds this morning, and she is scheduled to be in our studios at 725. 
Now, there could be a certain degree of chaos in her shuttling from one place to another. One of the things I'm curious about, actually, is you know, is she Ubering? She got a best friend driving her. Does she get my friend Greg, the guy who normally drives the mayor, or is he still driving uh, Jennifer McKelvey this morning because she's still technically in power? You know, these are the minor things. What does it all mean? And what do the numbers actually tell us about the election? We'll be talking a lot about this this morning because elections, you know, they're they're exciting. Also, I'm listening to that audio. I'm listening to Olivia Chow speaking. And on the first night, on the night where a candidate is elected, there's this exuberance. There's this excitement. There is a newness about it. Now comes the spade work of actually having to run the city of Toronto. And I think that is going to be fascinating. It's certainly a departure. I have never bought that, uh, you know, for his, what, eight and a half years in power, that John Tory was really that much of a conservative. I was, I used to chortle listening to people, oh, man, he's such a hard right. He's just, he's, he is, a, he's a badass. And not really. I mean, he was kind of a centrist who was willing to strike any bargain. So the idea that this city, if you're a leftist, has been in some kind of right-wing prison is a bit much. But Olivia Chow, you know, aside from, like he and jo- she and Josh Matlow, kind of overlap each other just in terms if you were to try to plot them on a map of left versus right. I think she and Josh Matlow were the left wing candidates. But most certainly, this is the first time in a good long time that a particularly leftist mayor has been elected. And now we'll see where that goes. Well, Anna Bailao certainly did fairly well. And for a brief time last night, looked like she was winning. But the numbers I have in front of me right now, Olivia Chow, 37%, Anna Bailao, 32%. And then you get into the also-rans. Uh, Mark Saunders, 8.5%. Anthony Fury. I think Anthony Fury and a friend of ours who actually was basically running his campaign get bragging rights because you could come up with a, an MBA school case study in how to take somebody from the fringes and make them a player. And Anthony Fury very much managed to pull that off along with whoever was around him. Uh, Josh Matlow gets to continue being a city councillor. Mitzi Hunter, 2.9%. It's a, that's a long marathon to run for 2.9%, also having quit her job as an MPP. Chloe Brown, 2.6%. I know people are still going to say, look at that. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And it's 2.6%. Um, have to say, and with apologies if you're listening right now, Brad, but didn't quite work out for Brad Bradford, especially having been considered to be one of the preferiti, you know, one of the seven top candidates, Brad Bradford at 1.28%. At one point, he was being beaten by Chris Skye, who's just an absolute fool. And then you get into Edward Gong, Giorgio Mammoliti, Molly the Dog. Molly the Dog got uh, 0.08%. And uh, then Rob Davis and Frank D'Angelo bringing up the rear. Well, I mean, along with like 96 other candidates. But no, the important analysis today is we have a new mayor and we got to figure out, well, we don't have to figure out. She's got to figure out how to run the city, how to broker some deals with city council. 
and then we're all going to have to contend with whatever lies ahead. In just a moment, take a closer look at some of the things that Olivia Chow promised, because now she's got to deliver. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Lots of people quite animated this morning, waking up to the results or having gone to bed with the results last night and had a time to sleep on it. There's an awful lot of takeaway. I mean, there were 102 candidates, stories to be told, some successes, some failures. I know that, and somebody was noting this on text, uh, Chris Skye is already saying it's election fraud. Okay, Chris Skye, you got like, okay, actually, let me find the actual note. 1.1% of the popular vote. It's kind of hard to fudge that kind of thing. Maybe nobody really voted for you. And that's just the way it is, to quote Celine Dion. Um, Toronto star Ben Spur and Alicia Asham coming up with a list of winners and losers. Um, They say, actually, John Tory comes out a loser. And I guess he does. I mean, first of all, he's no longer the mayor. It's a job he loved. And a job that Torontonians were very happy to have him in in the last election cycle. He got two-thirds of the vote. But he's not the mayor because of indiscretions. And his endorsement of Anna Bailau probably goosed her vote considerably, but did not put her over the top. And I don't know necessarily John Tory can be faulted too much for that. Because I think what happened was we got down to the wire And people thought, okay, Anna Bailao is running a pretty good campaign. Oh, look at that. She's in second place. Okay, we need to do something to put her over the top. How about some last-minute endorsements? Let's get John Tory to endorse her. Everybody knew John Tory was pulling for her anyway. But it all came a little too late. Uh, They identify Mark Saunders as a loser. And, you know, one of the crazy things about being in this business, and I'm referring to myself, the older you get, the more you actually have a personal relationship with a lot of the players that you cover. And so, like, I remember, you know, years ago, before I was doing news and talk radio, I was mostly doing entertainment in Montreal. And then, you know, as some of you have been along for the long journey will remember from the 1990s, I was doing entertainment here in Toronto as well. But I started out doing a lot of sort of arts criticism But then as I got to know all the people I was criticizing, it got a lot harder to do that because you feel guilty. You say, you know what, this person spent two months in rehearsal and here they are doing a play and it sucks. And ditto, you know, I have a passing familiarity with Mark Saunders now, so I feel bad that things didn't quite work out for him, but Dems the breaks. Uh, Mark Saunders, you know, a very, very distant third in this election. Uh, winner, again, this is according to uh, Alicia Hashem and Ben Spur, Chloe Brown. I'm not entirely convinced, but they feel that because she commands a very youthful um, voting block and because she did town halls and TikToks and never got the consideration of, for example, you know, the big debates, she was never on the short list of the top candidates, um, she managed to pull off something, I guess, But whenever people say, oh, you know, she finished fourth last fall, yes, with like 2% of the vote. So that's not much of a fourth. It's kind of like, did you see the video yesterday of a woman who was corralled into running a hurdles race and she's not a hurdler? That's kind of like a lot of the players in the uh, Toronto mayoralty. Brad Bradford 
hey, he gets to continue to be a city councilor. He's young. I think he's like 35. I imagine he may try to run again in three years, although a lot of this hinges on if um, Olivia Chow runs for re-election, which you have to think she will. I mean, she's only getting a partial mandate here. If she runs for re-election, uh, unless things go to hell, I would imagine she'll be a fairly formidable candidate once again. So Brad Bradford tagged in the Toronto Star as a loser. Uh, winner, Anthony Fury. Yeah, um, I've been saying for the last while that there are no consolation prizes to not winning the Toronto mayoralty race, except if you're in a position of being somebody like Anthony Fury, because he got a lot of attention. A lot of people liked the cut of his jib. He may not be everybody's, well, to continue to use uh, arcane language, uh, he may not be everybody's cup of tea, but he's gone from being a columnist for the Toronto Sun to being a guy that people are talking about and will probably want to hear more about. Loser, I'm not as convinced about this, Doug Ford. Yes, Doug Ford endorsed um, Mark Saunders, and that did not work out for him. But you know what? One of the things Doug Ford has going for him is he can go from elbows up to being an absolute gentleman in 10 seconds. And he did that. I'll play you um, Siobhan Morris of CTV summarizing what he had to say last night in the next half hour. Uh, but I, I don't think that Doug Ford's a loser in all of this. Winner? Gong? Mm, I'm not so sure. I mean, he's still the guy who runs a company that's been found guilty of running a pyramid scheme. And winner, Molly the dog. I think so. I thought Molly the dog was a winner nonetheless. She's a very cute dog. She gets a treat today. Yeah, she almost got 600 votes. So I, her human companion was a little more earnest than I had expected. But um, Molly, you know, I love pretty well any dog. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. A lot of catastrophists are up early this morning. Relax, it's going to be okay. We should actually restore the clip from last week's conversation with Olivia Chow. She's going to be in studio with us at 725. But I said, you know, what do you say to those people who seem to think that we're all going to go to Hades if you're elected? Then Olivia Chow said, everybody just take a deep breath, relax. I thought, okay, no, that's, that's what you say before you gas somebody uh, for surgery. Um, but still, we're going to be fine. You know, I don't know why people will always, you know, Justin Trudeau has destroyed Canada. No, you may not necessarily like the direction that Canada's going in, but everything's going to be fine. Olivia Chow? I guess some people are envisioning that the future is going to be this dystopic vision that is, or portrait that has been painted of uh, Portland and San Francisco. And frankly, when you go to those cities, you find, yes, if you go to a certain stretch of pavement, you're going to find an encampment and it's pretty miserable. Um, but the city's okay. We're, we're all going to be fine. If I can just pat your hand for a moment, I think we're going to be fine. Now, taxes are going to go up. It's absolutely something you can count on. But at the same time, I've always asked the question, what services would you like to cut? 
because that's that's where we are. We did the KPMG report years ago under Rob Ford. And what happened? Each of the old cities of Toronto opted to preserve the specialized treatment, the pampering that they enjoy because of grandfathering. And so everybody's in favor of limited government spending until it's spending on something that you wanted in the first place, in which case, keep going with the windrows. Uh, Victoria Matiash put together uh, kind of a comprehensive report on everything that unfolded last night. Let's listen. There was no upset brewing on this night. The candidate who led in the polls from the very beginning will sit as Toronto's next mayor. Thank you to the people of Toronto for the trust you've placed in me and the mandate for change as your new mayor. This shaped into a two-horse race as soon as the results had started to pour in between winner Olivia Chow and runner-up Anna Bai Lau, the candidate endorsed by former Mayor John Tory. Approximately 34,000 votes separating Chow and Bai Lau, with only a small handful of stations to report, 268,000 to 234,000. Former police chief Mark Saunders sitting a distant third with about 62,000 votes. The gap even wider between the front runners and other prominent candidates like Brad Bradford, who barely cracked 9,000. 102 candidates, there was only going to be one winner. And so I'd like to congratulate Olivia Chow. And I am super proud of our campaign team, all of the volunteers, those conversations that I got to have with thousands of Torontonians. It's been the honor of a lifetime for me. Another candidate bound to feel disappointed with Monday's by-election results, Mitzi Hunter, who gave up her seat as a member of provincial parliament to run for mayor. We're not done. And it's going to take all our efforts together. And I look forward to working with the new council under a new mayor because it is going to take all of our efforts to move the city forward. So what was it about Chow and Bailao that appealed to the masses this round? Well, former chief city planner and runner-up to Tory in 2018, Jennifer Kiesmat, has an idea. The two leading candidates, ironically, are the, the least divisive candidates. There were other candidates, probably including Mark Saunders, who ran incredibly negative and divisive campaigns, and the city of Toronto's having none of it. I think that's what we're seeing right now. The project of electing a new mayor started back in February when Tory resigned after admitting to having an affair with a staffer. Chow has decades of experience serving the public as a school trustee, as Toronto City Councillor. She served eight years as a new Democrat parliamentarian alongside her late husband, former federal leader Jack Layton. For CTV News and News Talk 1010, I'm Victoria Matiash. Thank you very much, Victoria. And yeah, when you check some of the names that are more recognizable, honestly, I remember, you know, two weeks ago, we were hosting the debate, less than two weeks ago, but uh, we were doing a debate uh, here on CP24 and News Talk 1010. And I looked at the seven candidates who had met the threshold of support in the polls that would place them on the debate panel. And I just thought, what kind of a life is this? You know, they had spent all day going to meetings, probably fundraising, consulting with their their teams, but also just out working taste of the Danforth or going to a senior's home. It's it's just it's relentless. And then two hours of yelling and screaming on a debate panel. And all of that over a course of months. 
In order to finish, for example, Josh Matlow, just below 5%, Mitzi Hunter, just below 3%, uh, Mark Saunders in third place at basically 8.5%. The two real contenders were, it seems, all along, Olivia Chow and Anna Bailao, and uh, Olivia Chow triumphing last night. Okay, so what is Olivia Chow going to be doing with our city? First of all, the mayor only commands one vote on council. And some mayors have been better than others at head counts and whipping a vote. For example, John Tory would persuade people he'd make deals, he'd trade horses, but also his policies were fairly non-controversial. And one of the hallmarks of John Tory's tenure at Toronto City Hall was that he would, if he thought he was going to lose a vote, he just wouldn't bring the vote to council. Uh, then you get to the four years, Doug and Rob, who some people used to call the co-mayors, and the two of them would bring anything to council. They'd have no idea whether or not it was going to pass. Sometimes it was them against the bunch. And this was back in the day when there were like, what, 46 people on council? So it'd be like 44 to 2. And so now with Olivia Chow, she must absolutely command 15 councillors. And if she doesn't, she won't get, you know, she won't get what she wants. And I think it's worth noting that there is a, a small, I wouldn't call it a rump necessarily, but the last electoral cycle brought in a new group of downtown lefties. And they've been kind of clearing their throats and getting ready for the Olivia Chow years. And frankly, you're going to have to muster more than the six or seven seats that you control in order for any of that stuff to get done. So Olivia Chow, let's see. The first uh, thing of note is the next council meeting is July 19th. And we don't know because this is completely out of the ordinary. Have we ever, I should call one of my favorite historian types and ask them, have we ever elected an, a mayor out of cycle? Because customarily you have a vote. It's all the city councilors, some new, some old, and the mayor. They arrive, put the chain of office on for a day, make a speech, and then get down to business. This time, I don't know what the process is, but the next city council meeting is scheduled for July 19th. Uh, Chow, in transit, has promised to build a dedicated busway to replace the decommissioned Scarborough RT. Um, she says that uh, funding for that is going to come from replacing the Gardner Expressway with an at-grade boulevard between Cherry and the Don Valley Parkway. Okay, so that's kind of major. The restoration or refurbishment of the Gardner Expressway is not going to happen. Doesn't mean we're demolishing it, because that's what some people would advocate. Um, but that's it. They are not going to go ahead with the John Tory plan. Uh, she's going to build housing. Not a surprise. Pretty well anybody was going to. Uh, Olivia Chow has promised to fight the province on the building of that spa at um, Ontario Place. And also, she's not in favor of moving the Science Centre to Ontario Place. So that's a pretty major uh, struggle that is about to unfold. Um, meanwhile... The land transfer tax is going to um, go up, but only for people with houses worth more than $3 million. Do you know anybody who lives in a house worth more than $3 million? I don't think I do. 
uh, property taxes will probably increase by a, quote, modest amount. This is, I think, the most problematic aspect because even when she was here and she and I went back and forth, you know me, I have this policy, I'll ask the same question three times and then I'll just keep moving on. And I kept saying, what is the amount of the property tax? I can't say. Well, give me a ceiling, like beyond which you will not go. I can't say. Maybe she'll say it today when she appears at uh, 725. All right, time to say good morning to News Talk 1010's John Moore. John, happy Tuesday morning. So uh, let's get into it. New day, brand new mayor. As the polls predicted, Olivia Chow has won the Toronto mayoral race, but it didn't predict kind of some of the other results and where the candidates would be sitting. Yeah, it was a bit of a horse race last night mm-hmm. at one point, uh, taking it in on News Talk 1010 and watching you guys on CP24. And Anna Bailao looked like, wow, a surprise victory. But then Olivia Chow pulled ahead. It's an historic moment. Uh, she is the first uh, woman of color to lead this city. She's the first woman since amalgamation. Also a great history in Toronto as a city councillor, as an MP, as a defeated mayoral candidate. And last night she succeeded. This morning she's doing the rounds. I know she's going to drop in on you guys and she's going to drop in on us because a lot of people are wondering, okay, what does the next mm-hmm. three years look like? Right. And so what would you like to see if you, if you were her? What, what would you think that the smart move is to what to attack first? Oh, gosh. I mean, she's got a fairly ambitious agenda. She's going to kibosh the extension or the restoration of the Gardner Expressway. She's got to eventually reveal what her property tax hike Mm -hmm. is going to be. But I think a lot of people are just hoping for a degree of control in the city of Toronto, that the trash bins will not be overflowing anymore, that the uh, parks are hopefully going to be, you know, uh, cleared out at some point, although likelihood of Olivia Chow leading that charge is uh, not not huge. I just think people are welcoming the opportunity that after John Tory's very brief tenure after the last election and after the sort of interregnum of Jennifer McKelvey, finally there's a mayor who can get something done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and John, let's turn to some of the other candidates. You know, we spoke about Anna Bailao coming in second place. That was a very tight horse race. But then Mark Saunders in a distant third. And then Brad Bradford uh, really not performing as you know well as we build him as one of the top seven uh, contenders up Anthony Fury in fourth place but then we also had Chris Skye almost beating Brad Bradford at one point and of course we had a dog 102 candidates in this Mm -hmm. election 102 candidates and you're absolutely right Chloe Brown I guess can Mm -hmm. kind of boast 2.6 percent of the vote but apparently she controls a a youthful block that people are very interested in Mm -hmm. Brad Bradford you're absolutely right having been considered to be one of the top seven candidates not performing particularly well Chris Skye who's already challenging the outcome very Trump style and then we get into Molly the dog Molly the dog got 593 Three votes, and uh, the last place finisher was Daniel Irimia, 27 votes. And so, what do you think the future is for some of these people? Do you do with Anna Bailao? It was so close. What do you think is next for her? And then other people like Mitzi Hunter who had to resign from her post as an MPP, and then other counselors like Brad Bradford, who seemingly had a bright 
future in this run and potentially, you know, what's his political career looking like? What do you, what do you foresee for some of these people's futures? I think it's going to be a mixed bag. I mean, uh, Brad Bradford and Josh uh, Matlow go back to being city councilors, and I imagine Josh Matlow sharing a lot of the political geometry of Olivia Chow. He may end up with some nice appointments. I think Mitzi Hunter is going to be heard from another day. Anna Bailao can go back to the private sector for now. Maybe she'll run again. But there's no consolation prize when you run for mayor, right? When you run for the leadership of a party, you get a cabinet appointment. Mm -hmm. When you run for mayor and you're defeated, <laughs> there's 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 no reward. Yeah, you're kind of on your own. And yeah, let's uh, finish off this mayoral conversation with the, the voter turnout. Uh, so higher than the last election in 2022. But when you look at Olivia Chow's vote, and it might have seemed really big last night when you compare it to when she ran for mayor uh, years ago against, uh, you know, John Tory and the other candidate, I'm forgetting his name. It's not that much of an increase in terms of people voting for her. Yeah. You know what, though? I don't invest mm -hmm. all that heavily in people who cannot turn out to vote. So I know people will dice the math and they'll say, well, you know, if you take the voter turnout and then you take the number of people who voted for Olivia Chow, she was really only elected by 15 percent of Torontonians. Doesn't matter. She's still the mayor. Mm -hmm. um, whenever it comes down to this hand wringing over, what are the people who don't vote trying to tell us? They're telling us they're lazy. Yeah. Interesting stuff. And well, how do you think she's going to work with uh, the likes of, you know, uh, Doug Ford, who said it's going to be an unmitigated disaster if she's elected as mayor? They now have to work together. You know what? Doug Ford can pivot very easily. He put out a very gracious statement last mm -hmm. night, and I think he probably will work with Olivia Chow. Let's face it, he wants to court the favor of the number one city in the province of Ontario. Maybe he'd like to actually bag some votes here in the next election cycle. So he's got everything to win if he actually works and plays well with Olivia Chow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his tone uh, changed a real yeah, quick there. Quick. But I think yeah. that political commentator Scott Reed described best yesterday during the election coverage when he said, you know, Doug, there's two types of kind of partisan politicians and Doug Ford is the happy type. Yeah, he goes <laughs> along to get along. I mean, he's got game, obviously, but we've seen him pivot previously and learn to get along with people that he might not have actually been in line with. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. he and Christia Freeland and Justin Trudeau and John Tory and Bonnie Crombie, they've all figured it out. Mm -hmm. They really have. Okay, News Talk 1010's John Moore. Always a pleasure. Thanks for dissecting last night's uh, mayoral by-election with us. Have a great show. We'll chat you again too. tomorrow. Take care. Not entirely the segment I was expecting, actually. The guys decided they just wanted to talk about the election. There are a few other stories, as you would have heard, in the five things you need to know if you were with us at 520 this morning. Um, one of those stories would be and talk about not necessarily burying the lead, but a story that on any other day would have been a big deal. But who's paying attention? David Johnston, former governor general, the rapporteur, has filed his final report and then gone off into the sunset. And I have to think he's grateful to be done with this. But also it kind of reminds me the way we used to submit final papers to a professor at the very last minute. You know, you'd slide it under their door and disappear into the night. I don't know that there's much to be learned from the final report. It is not being publicly released. So this whole misadventure continues. At the same time, and I know people will say, oh, you're just trying to protect the government. No, actually, I, I offer sober analysis of, of the government, no matter who's in charge. This Chinese interference stuff, it's not really that big a deal. I mean, it's already been certified 
by the director of CSIS that it didn't actually influence the outcome of two different elections, 2019, 2021. We have to admit, I realize there's uh, an aura of mystique when it comes to anything involving the Chinese government, but frankly, people have been meddling in elections worldwide for centuries. And as a matter of fact, municipal elections in Toronto, there used to be meddling all the way from Ireland. If not Ireland, then the expat community, the Protestants and the Catholics would be trying to meddle with the elections and then the appointments of the fire department and the police department. There is very little new under the sun. So I know that everybody, I always come back to this column and I'll have to track down the original because it was probably a year or two ago now. But Andrew Coyne, who's a columnist I always enjoy, wrote about how Justin Trudeau's critics are always waiting for the one thing that is going to finally be his undoing, and they never quite get to it. That's not to say that what Justin Trudeau does is right. It's to say that those people who didn't think he could win the prime ministership and then win it again, and then win it again. And those people who always bet, okay, this is the scandal. This is the one. It's Jody Wilson-Raybould. It's going to, no, okay. It's Chinese interference. No, probably not. Um, so David Johnston's report is in, and I guess we're going to find somebody else. I don't know who it could possibly be, because I can't imagine anybody that doesn't have some link to the Trudeau family or to Justin Trudeau or to the liberals or isn't married to somebody or didn't work for a firm. So nobody's ever going to be satisfied in all of this. I mean, if David Johnston wasn't pure enough for this investigation, I don't know who could be. Meanwhile, something else that I had put on the list to talk about with our friends, and it's on the five things you need to know, talk about our friends at CP24, but they wanted to stay with the election. Um, how much do we like this uh, new member of the Toronto Raptors, Grady Dick? Um, first of all, it's a headline writer's dream. It's an eight-year-old boy's dream. Um, there's so many headlines they must have written at the Toronto Sun that they couldn't ultimately use. But what's cool in all of this is the guy's a teenager. He, he's got style. Presumably, he's a good basketball player. But he's kind of what every sports franchise needs. He's like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., He's just oozing with personality. He's all over TikTok and social media, other social media, and he's just going to generate some heat. He's also six foot eight. And if you're wondering why he was wearing that sparkly red jacket when he got the draft, it was in honor of the state of Kansas and the Wizard of Oz. It was in honor of basically of the, uh, the ruby slippers. It's 5.58. We're moments away from the 6 a.m. news on a very, very busy morning. Also looking forward to some analysis at 6.20. Tim Hudak is going to be here. So, so far, you've mostly heard from me in terms of unpacking the municipal election. What does Tim have to say? We'll find out. That is The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.